0: Welcome to another edition of the Hollywood Heels podcast. I am the rock star, the renaissance man, the yeeting in the neighborhood, Duke Russo. And I'm joined by the divine voice yeeting in the neighborhood. What's up, dude?
1: Welcome back, everybody. Yes, we have returned along with the yeet, I hope you are all excited, just as excited as the main event Jey Uso was to have the Yeet back. Yeet 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 Monday Night Raw. How'd you like it tonight, man?
0: I thought it was pretty good. You know, I I uh I thought there were two really bomb segments, really, really incredible promos, some great stuff. One of the things that I was looking forward to the most in this show, uh the Maxine Ria match. I, I regretted asking for it. I, I regretted wanting it. I I regretted watching it. I regretted a lot of things about it. So I would just like to apologize to mommy. Apologize to Rhea Ripley. Uh that that, that had to happen.
1: Yeah. I had I had saw clips on it before I watched it live. And when I saw the clips, I was like, oh man, I like that looked rough. And I was like, but maybe there was more in the match, and then it turned out that it wasn't a clip, that was the entire match, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. It was bad. But you know what? Let's let's uh let's bounce around here. Let's turn it up to eleven right away. We've got somebody who needs to make a decision tonight. You know who that somebody is?
1: The Punkster.
0: The punkster, indeed. CM Punk signs to RAW. Ultimately, that, that's that's what we get to here now. Uh, as he's getting in the ring, uh, Adam Pierce calls him out, telling him he needs to make a decision. Just gonna gonna give a shout out here to a sign in the audience that said, "This is my first time, and I don't know what's happening." I was like, "Well." Pretty sure that's what Maxine was saying in her match. Oof. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Punk's going on. He had Cleveland circled on the calendar. He's got a lot of history there, and not so great history. He, he debuted in Cleveland, and then they sent him back to Ohio Valley Wrestling. Uh, he returned there as a champion, and then Randy Orton kicked him in the head backstage and then made him vacate his title. And then he walked out of the WWE and left people who paid to see him hanging. And you know what? Shocking turn here. He apologizes for all of it. I, I didn't know that we'd get to this point. I, I thought, you know, there's been a lot of things that he hasn't, like, actually acknowledged, but he apologizes. Wow. Um, talking about how he got great deal offers from SmackDown, NXT, Raw, but his mind was made up the second he saw Cleveland on that calendar. He's here to right a few wrongs and has decided Monday night is where CM Punk is now calling home. He says, you know what? Not everybody may like it, but we've got to learn to love it. That was a, a theme of this promo was learning to love things. And uh, he gets up on the turnbuckle is celebrating when we get burned it down we finally get the face-to-face interaction that we've all been waiting for. Seth makes it down, and we get a long-ass, incredible stare down between the two. And then this is when an amazing, like serendipitous moment happens. And, and it happens a couple of times from here on out. But we get a full-on crowd battle between the Seth song and the CM Punk chants. And it, in the beginning, it kind of goes a little bit back and forth. The CM Punk chants seem to like peek ahead a little bit, but then Seth's song just fucking buries those chants. Seth uh, finally grabs the microphone. He asks Punk if he knows how incredibly lucky he is to even be standing in the ring right now, but tells him not to call this place his home. He abandoned it for 10 years and actively tried to tear it down. He spent 10 years slandering Seth, slandering everybody in the locker room. And now he wants to call back and call call it his home? This ain't your home. This is Seth's home. The people in the back are his brothers and sisters, and everybody watching is his family. Seth will do everything he can to protect all of that from people like CM Punk. And with ever every fiber in his being, he hates CM Punk. He's glad that it's on Raw, though, if he's back, because the truth always comes out. Everybody including Punk, knows that this is his last chance. Either Punk's going to expose himself, self-destruct like he always does. And and if that's the case, Seth will be waiting there to to quote-unquote slam the door shut on his legacy. I love that line. Um... Or, by some miracle, Punk has changed. And it ends up with them meeting in the ring with the World Heavyweight Championship on the line where Seth will expose him as a fraud, wrestle circles around him, and shows him what it truly means to be best in the world. Punk let him go this far. Finally says, you done? Uh, Gives him a pass. Says, this is your one and only pass to speak to him disrespectfully. Uh says he's never asked for handouts. He's always done things the hard way, the stubborn way. And this is when he decides to make it official that he will be in the Royal Rumble. And when he wins it, who knows? Maybe he's going to go after Seth freaking Rollins. I thought this was a fucking banger-ass promo, dude.
1: Yeah, I so I think that Seth won the promo battle here, in in my personal opinion. And my hot take, potentially, of the night, Um, I think that backstage punk is more entertaining than in the ring on the mic punk. not Not necessarily wrestling matches, but just in segments. And, you know, backstage punk, quote-unquote, take that as you will, because we've had some antics back then. But I definitely feel that I've had more reactions to the backstage than necessarily what he's actually been saying in the ring. I, I'm I don't, I don't care about all this Cleveland stuff. It didn't. I guess I'm just not familiar with it. I'm like that kid in the crowd, you know, first time. I don't know what's going on. It's kind of kind of how I felt because I don't I don't know he debuted here. I don't know he left here and all that other crap. Like cool, and I'm sorry. I'm sure SmackDown is going to be on Cleveland at, at some point, at some time, just because Raw was going to be in Cleveland. Oh, I got assigned to Raw. I felt like that was kind of a mid-reason. Um, the reason should have been, you know, somebody's here who's been talking that shit, and I want to take his title and put him down and show him who really is the best in the world. But as you know, that's that's what the fuck Seth said. You know, that's that's what Punk should have said. Punk should have been the one on the aggressive, in my opinion. But we're gonna get more. You know, I, I always speak and the next time he comes around, he does a lot better. So I'm you know, I'm not gonna put a pin or harp on that too much because everything involved in this, if he wasn't CM Punk, if he didn't have that history, this wouldn't have been as good as it was. The dueling chance. Crazy, you know what I'm saying? The the crowd loving Seth. Crowd love Punk. I love what Seth had to say. I love that, you know. We we knew he was gonna sign to Raw. We knew he was gonna challenge for Seth. Seth you know, he, we know he's gonna win the title at Mania. That's kind of what we've been predicting this entire time. And I think he's gonna win the Royal Rumble to go on to Mania to beat Seth. I think that's exactly what's gonna happen. And I think that's going to play partially into Cody's story because I think later on, you know, they're asking Cody how he feels about Punk joining. And, you know, they keep almost insinuating that the only way for Cody to finish his story is by winning the Rumble. So when Cody loses the Rumble, then it's even more, oh, how is he gonna finish the story now? And then you know he gets the Elimination Chamber win or whatever to challenge Roman Reigns again, and they're like, "Oh my God, he's, he's just a comeback kid, Cody." So I think this this fits along in both of those storylines to make both of those main event WrestleMania matches happen. Um, so I'm I love I love seeing this. And since we're on the the Punk subject here, I'm gonna step away from this in ring segment and talk about some of the backstage segment. Uh, I guess, you know, he had a little bit of beef with Judgment Day and Damien Priest kind of touting the briefcase in his face. Do you think Priest is going to hold on to the briefcase until Mania and potentially cash it in on CM Punk? Do you think that's even a possibility? I do, actually.
0: Um, I think it would be weird, but, like, I could see... CM Punk beating Seth, and then Priest cashing in on Punk, like that would be very odd. But like we're we're getting to some like kind of dark times for this briefcase here, you know? Like, all right, so you, you've got you've got this day one match coming up between Seth and Drew that we find out is happening in this show. So that that's on on New Year's Day. I mean. I, I guess there could be a cash in there, but they're they're making it very clear that Seth will be hanging on to this title until WrestleMania. So maybe we're going to get a failed cash in, I don't know. Um
1: I what else is he going to cash in on? Yeah, and like it's it's possible, you know, um because the I mean, the last person I could think of that held on to the briefcase to Mania was Brigham Seth Rollins when he cashed in on that Brock and Roman match, right? So, I mean, it would definitely be a, like a nice moment, him being part of that twice. I feel like it 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 paints it for itself because what the hell else? Sir? I honestly forgot that Damien Priest had the briefcase until he mentioned it again right now. You know what I'm saying? So, I think it would all line up. It would all make sense. We can get some, uh, potentially some CM Punk judgment day beef you know i'd like to see a cm punk finn balor match right i feel like that's something that people would love to see two great veterans go at it but that was you know something i was thinking uh because we're like you said what the hell else are we gonna do with it but my my cm punk moment of the night was when uh he's backstage again and then he's there first. We see Pierce and Drew, and I guess you know Drew makes the deal to get that day one match, like you mentioned for the championship against Seth. And you know Pierce, like I thought he'd be happy, right? And my God, Drew is so much bigger than CM Punk. It's actually crazy. The dude's so big, right? Um, but whatever, you know they don't care about Cody's story, um. That's what they keep talking about stories, stories, stories. Who cares? Right? The biggest story here was Punk so excited when he sees his old buddy Kofi. You're making me crazy. And Kofi's like, Oh yeah, no no no. I don't I don't do that anymore. Nada. <laughs> and then he says Ricochet's bad at video games. That one went over my head. I'm not I don't know. I don't really understand that one. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I didn't either. I was like, maybe he got Ricochet and and Xavier Woods confused. I, I, you know, that's
1: what I thought. Exactly that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, and he's like, oh yeah, I heard a, I heard a bunch of things about you referring to Chad Gable, and I was
1: like, yeah, but did you really? <laughs> yeah, he like, he's like Master Gable. He like respected him, and then he dissed Ricochet, and then. Kofi, Chad Gable, and Ricochet all went in Adam Pierce's office. Did did he say is that the Intercontinental title picture? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, but okay. uh, oh, dude, like
0: this IC picture is just so fucking dumb. It's just like the same people getting shots over and over again. Although I guess Kofi is kind of new in on it. But like I'm so I'm so sick of the IC picture, and I'm so sick of Imperium at this point, like you know what's happening, you know it's breaking up. I I just the IC situation, I I I just I can't, I can't, dude.
1: And and speaking of that, you know, we could transition right into to that hullabaloo. They were backstage with DIY, Champa and Gargano, and they were talking about this mystery partner, right? I didn't know there was a, a three way match. I didn't know that they had a mystery partner. So I was like, what the hell are y'all talking about? And I was like, oh, okay, I guess it's a three-way. Then I'm like, who's teaming? I'm like, who are you fighting? And I'm like, okay, I guess it makes sense you're fighting Imperium again. And then I'm like, well, who's going to be the third man for Kaiser and Vinci? Because I'm like, Gunther's not going to lower himself to this. And then Gunther steps into the scene, again, completely towering over everybody. Just a monstrous figure. A 6'4", by the way. And I'm like, goodness, this guy's big as well. But oh I'm like, okay, I guess it's him. And then it turns out that DIY's surprise um mystery p- or partner is the fucking Miz, which I guess it all just makes sense. you know
0: what? I- like, as soon as I found out that they were... Well, they, they teased it earlier, right? So Gargano and Ciampa were backstage talking about it. And they're and Gargano's like, yeah, I, I got a guy. He's like, I don't like him, and I don't like it. But, like, he really wants the match, so I guess so. And then I was like, oh, he really wants the match. I was like, eh, that sounds like it could be Miz. And then... When Gunther reused the weirdo line, he's like, I don't know who else would want to tag with you weirdos. And I was like, hmm, he's called somebody else a weirdo in the past. I wonder who it might be. So as soon as the weirdo line dropped, I was like, it's got to be fucking Miz. And yeah, sure enough, it's it's little
1: Mike Miz and it And it also just kind of makes sense. Gargano, I guess in that first segment, he had the Cleveland Browns belt, which on a side note, I should have been keeping track of this. What belts have we not seen yet? I don't think we've seen a Patriots belt. I don't think we've seen an Arizona Cardinals belt. I can't, maybe, maybe the Raiders. I don't think I've seen, Uh but- it's hard
0: because I feel like I've seen all of them across sports shows, mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard for me to remember what we saw on uh, on WWE and what I saw on like a random sports talk show.
1: But they're they're making the rounds with these belts, so I, I'm glad that they're actually. I mean, they're promoting these belts better than they're promoting the women's tag team belts. Let's be real. Um oh, but God.
0: We, <laughs> they're they're making strides in that. I'll give them that a little bit.
1: And I got very positive things to say about that division when we get into that, but we'll we'll continue on with this Imperium saga. Um and I, you know uh Gargano's from Cleveland, I guess it makes sense. Evidently, the Miz is from a town, Parma, which is like seven miles away from Cleveland. Hometown boys, um, and and now speaking of hometown boys, I was surprised there wasn't an even bigger reaction for Seth, because isn't he from Davenport? Is Davenport in Iowa or in, in Ohio? I should say, or is that it's in Iowa, which is Iowa, why okay. when
0: when they have next week's Raw is going to be in Des Moines, Iowa. So I expect a huge showing for Seth. I would. uh, I'm hoping we get a Seth match next week. Actually,
1: yeah. I mean, I think if we don't get a Seth match, we're gonna get something between him and Drew hyping up their upcoming match, right? Yeah,
0: maybe or do do the usual cheap cheap way out writing thing, like do a tag match.
1: Yeah, can we get? Well, who's gonna team with Drew? We're gonna. We're not gonna get CM Punk's R-Truth. first match. Okay, our yeah. truth as well. Give that man a, another paycheck. By the way, he's great. I hope. I'm. I'm not gonna jump into the r truth stuff. I'm gonna let's let's finish. Let's talk about this uh, Imperium DIY match, and we'll jump into other stuff. This I really. Really enjoyed this match. I almost want to say match of the night, to be honest. Like with how hyped the crowd was for it, um, I, I was really hyped about this. There, there wasn't much mis action. They kept preventing him from getting in. Holy fuck, Vinci! God, that that guy hits the ropes. I want to see a Vinci Braun Breaker match because they. I just want to see him hit the ropes and hit each other. I feel like. Like they'd probably injure each other. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. But fuck, they move so fast. Um, but you know, we eventually get Miz getting in there. He, Miz is actually getting into it. He hits a dragon screw leg whip into the figure four. And on Gunther, right? Gunther's in there (laughs) struggling. And we eventually get... um, Kaiser tried to help him, but he got put in the Gargano escape. So it was actually Vinci who came in for the save. So I figured that was kind of plus points for Vinci. But then he tried to powerbomb The Miz, and The Miz turned that into the skull-crushing finale, which you know, Vinci then lost the match. So he lost whatever points he might have gained. And this ends up leading to the Miz, you know, talking to Gunther wanting another match. And Gunther says, I'll give you another match, but it'll be the last time you can challenge for the title if I'm the champion. Is Miz taking this belt finally? I think so. I think it's going to
0: be Miz. I don't think he's going to hold it for very long. Um I think he'll probably drop it to one of the big men. My uh I don't I don't think we had this discussion on air. I think we had it off air of um money in the bank picture for next year. Like I'm I am really big on Bronson Reed being the Money in the Bank winner. So I don't know that it's gonna if if Reed's gonna take it off Miz. I want to feel like it's one of the big men, but I mean supposedly Sheamus is healthy enough to come back and he needs the IC to complete the Grand Slam, so I don't know maybe he comes back on Raw or something and and he gets the Grand Slam I don't know what's gonna end up happening there but I I feel like this is Gunther losing it finally.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think we'll have two transitional champions. We're going to have Miz, who he maybe he holds it, and maybe he loses it at Rumble. I don't know if he's going to lose it to Ivar or Reed, or if he's going to lose it to one of the other three individuals, one of the baby faces that went into Adam Pearce's office, which I'm skeptical of. I doubt we're going to see a babyface win it, but I feel like, unfortunately... It should be Gable, but I feel like anybody who wins it is just who takes it off the maze is, like you said, going to be fodder for Sheamus when he comes back. But they might hold it until Mania. So I can see, you know, if it is Gable, for example, that'd be a nice rumble to Mania run as the IC champion and eventually losing it to Sheamus, giving him his big Grand Slam WrestleMania moment as well. That'd be very nice.
0: Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Um I'm I'm kind of expecting Ms. Gunther to be day 1. Um you know, this this definitely feels like they're going to bring it up to like a, a not quite PLE level, but you know, more than normal TV show level, so I I think that we could expect a a title swap there. Um I would really like to see it on one of the big men though. You know, speaking of match of the night, that was match of the night for me.
1: Yeah. I think for me it would like and I, I was extremely hyped for it. I love I love a big meat match. Um I believe Way Barrett uh dubbed this as the beef planet division. So he's <laughs> he was on fire tonight as well. Um population two. I think if the crowd was more into it, I would have been more into it. But the crowd was actually going crazy for that three-way. I felt they were kind of dead a little bit for as big of a match as this was. And I and this was good, but there was just a lot of big spots, right? There was one Ivar um took an Irish whip into the corner and did a, a flip, you know, into the turnbuckle. You know, insinuating Bronson Reed had the strength to throw him and flip him into the corner. Um, a lot of a lot of counters, a lot of double downs, double clothesline, double cross body. Ivar hit a sit-out spine buster at one point. I don't even know how he got that guy up to hit a fucking spine buster. That was crazy. And then Ivar fucking to the for the top rope to the outside in the area that we like towards the ramp, hits a fucking flipping Santon, like oh my and he he hit the shit out of bronson reed like normally you take those moves and you kind of fall with the guy you know what i'm saying y'all kind of fall together nah he hit this man and he just like fucking bounced to the ground like he that that was nasty and eventually bronson reed um stops ibar from hitting the doom salt ends up hitting a big superplex and can barely get his arm on top for the one, two, three. I I don't think this feud is over, but no. man, they need to be friends or something. Like where,
0: I don't no, know. see, I, I like I like them battling it out. I I agree. I thought like it was my match of the night. I really enjoyed it, but I I wanted more from it two at the same time. You know, and that's why I feel like we're getting another one cuz I feel like they gave us a little bit the first one and then they went crazy outside the ring and then they gave us this one where they gave us a little bit more in the ring but not quite everything that they could or we wanted. Mm. Um and I think we're we'll get the trilogy and it'll be a, a all-timer for a meat match.
1: And put that on that day 1 and this day one is lining up to be, it's going to be the first Raw of the year and they're going to struggle to beat it for the next 355 days.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was also at that time that we we got the announcement that, uh, not that time. I think it was actually after the Imperium match. But speaking of happenings on Raw, uh, next week on Raw, we are getting the women's tag match, which we'll, we'll do that match right after this. And then... Uh, like, finally, Creeds are getting their actual Judgment Day tag match. So we've got both tag titles on the line next week, and uh, I I think that one of them, at a minimum, are changing hands.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Creeds are winning it, and I'll you know I'll I'll put a pin in my Creeds conversation. I love them, but they're not ready for belts yet. I'm gonna take this time because all we all we really have to talk about now is or in regards to the tag women's tag division and this match here. Um, man, they gave us a little hype package of the party girls. It's, they don't have a name, by the way. Um until 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 now, y'all I heard uh, somebody call them like KC
0: Squared, and I was like, It's interesting, but I'm know. not really that
1: into it. Yeah, like that would look good on a T-shirt. It doesn't come across, or it doesn't come off the tongue well, right? Um, but like, I did like the cute little promo package. I'm sorry. Are they? Uh, are they just like raving all the time? Like, I, I want to hang out. I want to party. Like, that looks fun. I love a good rave. Uh, they are literally the best women's tag team. That like I've literally seen. I, I don't. Maybe this entire time that we've friggin' had these belts, like they have more tag team cohesiveness, tag team maneuvers, just the shit that they do together. They just know each other. They literally, like what the hell? Like they're just so they're leaps and bounds better than any of the women's tag team that have been out here. They're fighting against um, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, and God, they're they're just so good. I was thrown off a little bit in this match because we watch as we're watching it, we see that Tegan Knox and Natalia are watching the match from backstage. I don't care. you y'all suck. You're not a real tag team. You used to have matching outfits. All of a sudden those are gone. Why I don't care that you're watching. Stay out of the division. you don't deserve the belts. Please do not give them the belts over these two women. They're young; they need to be multi reign. They weren't the. I believe they mentioned they were the longest NXT women's tag team champions, and they've not won a single main roster tag team championship. What the hell are you doing? Oh my god! They they hit like a one person was on the outside, Caden, and then Katana like. Flips over the top rope onto the other girl's back and then, like, rolls back off of her back, back inside to hit this chick. They were just tag teaming fucking crazy, but they finally hit the finish. They called it the after party. Caden Carter got her in a, you know, standing neck breaker while Katana hits a 450 onto a standing opponent and they both, you know, come down simultaneously. What a fucking beautiful finishing maneuver. That's just as good as the keg stand, which is also great. Give them the belts. That like right now. And there's a small story between Chelsea and Piper, and they're on commentary. And we got a less Chelsea action than we normally get. Um, Piper was. I think they called Piper out about not helping her or something like that. And Piper was like, "Well, if I always." Stick up, you know, and and fight for her. She's not going to learn to fend for herself. And I'm like, y'all are sitting next to each other, but you know, Chelsea ain't going to say shit, but you know, they got the Oh no, there's um, just like imperium. You know, there's there's a a rift between the partners. Lose the belts. Give them to these girls, please.
0: Yeah, and uh I think they will, you know, par- party girls to the moon, man. Like I feel like wwe is on that that train um i i agree i love the finisher um we've seen a lot of they've they have so many like tandem tag team moves that it's almost hard to keep track of them all but at you know the keg stand's a good one the the um the after party is phenomenal they just have all these nice little flowy moves um give them the belts man like yeah i those are the ones that i expect to change hands i actually would not be super shocked if creed bros were in next week and and they get the belts but um i at the minimum expect the women's belt to change hands there and Chelsea and Piper are fun on commentary. You know, Piper had that one line. She's like, you know, I may um, end up on the cover of uh, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, but I ain't holding my breath. And then, all right, so they were talking about some sort of situation where... Uh, Wade said to Chelsea like oh you know I bet your attorneys weren't happy and Chelsea's like oh yeah you know my 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 attorney was not happy with anything I said and I'm like bitch who's your attorney the legal eagle oh no
1: what's his name L- Luca Crucifino what's his name
0: <laughs> yeah I was kind of like please make it the legal eagle please make it the legal eagle even though like I already hate the dude like that's such such a natural plug right there
1: like my God, like is as, as much of that guy being a meme, you could involve him in so many storylines. Like he he could if you go heel with Tony D and them, the legal eagle is their representative to keep them out of trouble. He could be with Chase U helping them get out of trouble. Like, I don't know, man. Like who would have thought a lawyer gimmick could actually be fire? it has to
0: have been in the WWE before. I I don't remember it, but that by no means means that it doesn't ex- didn't exist. I feel like it's had to have happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. We've had close to it, right? Like the way some of these authority figures acted and things like that, even you know, like like Paul Heyman and managers, they some, you know what I'm saying. Even Robert Stone and Von Wagner, you know what I'm saying. He almost kind of comes across as that, but not there. I think going all in. God, as much as as much as like, I'm. You know what? I I, I can't say anything negative. Um, I just hope he beats Lexis King. Uh, yes, please,
0: please. Um all right. So let's 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 get the negative out of the way. We've got a match. Well, you know what? Let's let's handle Judgment Day Locker Room first because it leads it, us into this match. So we get a segment from the Judgment Day Locker Room. Finn is pissed that shit's falling apart when him and Rhea aren't there. Dom lost his ba- uh, belt. You had Dom and JD losing to the Creed Bros. Our Truth keeps breaking into the uh, the clubhouse, and uh, nobody's happy, right? So Priest is saying, "Oh yeah, d- don't don't worry about it. We'll handle our business. You know, we won't take the Creeds lightly." As Dom's trying to remind him not to, and uh, Rhea takes a jab, kind of poignantly at Priest, but. Then, to everybody, she's saying that, you know, saying you're the leader is a lot easier than being the leader. And she ain't just talking about Priest. She says that she's directing it to the entire family. She's saying that she ain't going to let her division disrespect her, and she's going to go make a, an example out of Maxine Dupree. And, uh... Whew. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man, I... when is like, everybody was kind of upset. Everybody was mad and pissed, and you can't be losing. They got after Dom and JD for losing this tag match. But I feel like when they were talking about Dom losing his belt, they were like, oh, porosito. They're like, "Like, mommy was kind of coddling him, right? I get that that's kind of their relationship, but when is she going to snap on him, right? I, 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 like Maybe that's when he turns face, right? We'll see. But... She, she was fucking pissed, and then when she when she snapped and started yelling at Priest, and she was like, "Take it easy." JD's face in the back, his eyes got all big. <laughs> JD, like, I love, I love background. JD's pretty fucking good, but yeah, she was on a mission to take out her anger and frustration and make an example out of Maxine. But before we actually get that match, we had another backstage segment. With Alpha Academy and Diamond Mine, you know, kind of hyping them up. What do you think about this little segment right here?
0: Uh, I I thought it was pretty fun. I mean, ultimately, you got Ivy saying that she's going to go be Maxine's backup. Uh, R-Truth comes in. He comes in with Christmas lights saying he's gotta decorate the Judgment Day clubhouse so they can go find the Easter eggs. And Chad's <laughs> Chad's like, Bro, I don't actually think you're in the Judgment Day. You should be careful with them. He's like, Oh, I'm I'm definitely in it. They just misunderstood, man. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all, and walks
1: out. <laughs> yeah, the the misunderstood line got me. I, I love I love that line right there. Emo kid he, reference. Exactly. Like that's just that's literally perfect. Our truth is gold, but I so I'm glad that he's now entering the triangle, the golden triangle of Alpha Academy, Diamond Mine and New Day, but I feel that he's now leaving the gold that we had with Judgment Day. Yeah. Ah.
0: I'm I'm really confused about where it's going to go to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm like, always eager to see where this does go, but um yeah, no <laughs> we after this, you know, we get right into the match between Maxine and Rhea Ripley. And Rhea's out by herself. No no Dom, no Judgment Day. You don't she, need it. Yeah, she don't, you know, but I I feel that them c- continuing to come out without each other is further, you know, showing us that there's that rift between the group, which I like to see. I love, I love the inner turmoil, which I'm sure they're all used to. Am I right? Um, but my God, and my favorite thing wasn't even a well. Favorite thing was the ending of the match. Um, but before the match, I believe Michael Cole said something like. I don't know if if it was the WWE or Maxine or something about asking the fans to tweet help or how to help Maxine or something along those lines. And they were like, yeah, this one fan said, run, hide, change your name, move to Mexico, (laughs) like, which might, might have helped her. But holy fuck, right? Like, literally this match was, you know, not much. I think Rhea kicked her. She tried to do a powerbomb, which Maxine turned into an awful, awful karana and like just kind of flopped down to the ground. And then Rhea tried to hit the riptide and she hit it because Rhea's jacked. So she picked this girl up and slammed her down. She still slammed her down pretty hard, even though Maxine did not go up at all for this move, like at all there was zero help on Maxine's end, unfortunately. And Rhea just looked at her, calling her a stupid little girl, telling her she's nothing. This literally reminded me of when Kofi Kingston messed up and Randy Orton was so pissed and he was calling him stupid in the middle of the ring. That's exactly what this reminded me of. And I, if we didn't have that segment beforehand when she said that she was going to make an example or whatever out of Maxine, I damn near felt that this was how she truly felt in reaction to how, you know, she took that I think, I think she still
0: actually felt that way because after the hurricanrana, she was like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I, we, we feel the same way Rhea and like the power bomb too. Like, she had to try twice because Maxine couldn't, like, you know, engage her fucking core and sit up enough, you know? Like,
1: Like, I I try not to get after people too much because I've never done this stuff, right? I've never been in the ring, but I, I, I feel like... I don't know if I'd be that bad, right? I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know, like, I, right?
0: I love Maxine, right? Like, I've I've praised her so much, and and you know I love her, but, like, she came across as a complete fucking jobber in this match, dude.
1: Yeah, and, like, she wasn't that bad in that three-way on NXT. I guess they protected her, right? But, like, I, I guess this exposed her, and, but... This did lead to, instead of Rhea going for the rib tide pin, she goes into her prism lock finisher, which I've never been a fan of. I think it's one of those convoluted finishers that doesn't look like it hurts that much, especially when you're doing an arm transition, or I'm sorry, an arm submission on legs, because legs are inherently more powerful than arms. I just, you know, I didn't really like it, but... She walls of Jericho, Jerichoed her ass, put put the knee on the back of her head and just bent this chick. Damn near, you know, putting her legs down into Maxine's head, wouldn't let go as she's tapping out. Like, I loved the way she put this finisher on. And this was just a match to lead to Rhea versus Ivy Nile. So that's what we're getting next.
0: Yeah, when she put the knee in the back of Maxine's neck, I was like, Yeah, she's she's IRL pissed right now. Like uh that that was brutal. This is my brutality. <laughs> um I want more of this from Rhea, and I actually want that submission more. Um obviously you can't hit it on everybody because I don't I don't <laughs> I don't think Nia Jax bends that way. You know what I mean? Um but i would i would actually really enjoy seeing her pull that out more like maybe do it to ivy nile or yeah. i i also you know i don't know i'm excited but nervous about ivy nile rhea because i worry that we could get something similar now obviously ivy nile's fucking jacked so some of the things that maxine like the lack of help you know um in theory shouldn't happen but then again max uh, ivy isn't like When's the last time you've seen her wrestle in a singles
1: match? Me personally, I have never seen her wrestle. So I just know that she's jacked, right? so i I don't know if she can even go, but i'm I'm gonna just because she's jacked, I'm gonna assume it can't be that bad because at the end of the day, we got muscle mommy versus just jacked a lady. So they could just hit each other. And I feel like we could get something. Um, My last note on that submission. i If she bends people like that, I want more of it. The last time I can remember Rhea using it, she was doing it on Raquel Rodriguez, who's fucking nine feet tall. So she Raquel's just on her hands, like upside down, not being bent over, but still like... Oh, no. And, like, your legs just crossed. and it just it didn't look good here, it looked amazing. So more of this, less of that,
0: yeah, yeah. I you got to pick and choose who you who you use it on. Um but yeah, give give me give me the knee in the back of the neck. and i I would prefer that over the riptide, honestly, because it's just badass. And it's just it it's one of those things that you, you look at cuz you know we see some things that you're like eh it doesn't really look like it hurts all that bad but then this one you see and you're like uh that girl's broken
1: yeah um while while we're still kind of on this judgment day esque stuff uh we have after you know a little later on in the night we I thought we were getting the tag match tonight Because we had Judgment Day coming out there and I was like, and they kept talking about their tag team match. And I was like, I thought the match was tonight, right? But no, it was just a a really great talking segment in the ring between Judgment Day who were just, you know, talking that shit. All rise for the double-double. as You know, Finn's back, by the way. So let's get that double-double out there. Dom's getting booed. Still getting booed. Grand slam, Finn. The day that Dom stops getting booed is, you know, when we need to change things around because that means they they stop caring, but they still care enough to boo the man. So that's that's good that that's going on, but they get interrupted their little mini celebration. And I don't even know why they were out there just to put the whole division on notice. I, I don't know. Uh, I guess, but truth comes out to interrupt them. <laughs> Mad that they locked the front door, or the back door. How are you gonna have a holiday party and you ain't invite me? <laughs> and and fucking JD McDonough is pissed. He doesn't want to hear this guy. He doesn't want to hear him speak. But Damien Priest is like, no, 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 JD. Let him, let him hold on. Let him cook, as they say. <laughs> what you, what you think about this little, this little segment right here?
0: Uh, I, I loved it. You know. Um. First off, it seems like Finn Balor is a legitimate R-Truth fan, uh, I'm, I'm apparently the only one in the Judgment Day, because they, they, let, they let Truth air his ideas that he has, and uh, his first idea is, uh, yo, we should kick JD out. Sorry, dog, no one likes you. And I was just like, oh man. And and so speaking of JD and his inclusion in this, you know, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but so Dom was wearing a shirt that said Finn, Damien, Rhea, and Dirty Dom. And then JD was wearing the exact same shirt, but he had a strip of tape on the bottom that had written in NJD. And I was like, all right, so you know, all we need to do, kick him out, is just peel that strip of tape off. I would have loved if Truth walked up to him and just, like, ripped that tape off his shirt. And uh, and then his second idea is, uh, yo, uh, uh, DP, you should stop calling yourself the, the boss, man. Like, it makes mommy mad. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, Priest is... He thinks... Truth is funny. We all think Truth is funny, and he sees why everybody backstage likes him. Uh, uh, and this is when Finn chimes in. He's like, "Yeah, I, I, I like him." And uh, Truth drops it. What's up, crowd? Resp- and Finn respond, and then JD. I think it was JD. It was either JD or Dom walks over to Finn and just smacks him. And uh, you know, Priest continues. Everybody likes our Truth, except for me. And then they all attack R-Truth. Creed bros come out to make the save, not the first save that they are... Uh, well, yes, it is the first save of the night they make, but it's not the only save of the night they make, which is interesting, I found. Um, they end up eating the beat down at first because they're majorly outnumbered, but... Uh, Julius in particular being the him that he is uh, they take over relatively quickly and it ends up with Dom outside being like yo I told you guys I told you guys you gotta be careful and take these dudes seriously so that's why like I don't know they're really building this up that there's a possibility that the Creed
1: Bros could win yeah I I agree with you they really are building it up but We have to have legitimate competitors. So I'm going to, you know, I got like a couple points here. I love, I love fucking R-Truth. JD, you got to go. I lost it at that line right there. I did not. Nobody likes you, dog. I did not notice the shirt deal that you mentioned. I I saw the shirt Dom was wearing. I didn't see JD's shirt. So that's, that's Comet Gold. And when he dropped that line, they had to cut the camera away from, priest and finn because finn was cracking up like he had the biggest smile on his face he they they had to cut away from him he i think he broke him on that one um but yeah they they ended up beating his ass and then we get diamond mind out there to save him which i guess diamond mind has their their respect for him because they were literally just backstage you know so i guess he's part of that golden triangle now they're friends all of a sudden and yeah uh Julius Creed is him. He was getting two V one, but by the two weaker members. So I don't want Brutus to fall into the nether of nothingness. Right. But I'm sorry. Your brother is God tier. Um, He ends up getting back in the ring, saving his brother. And they hit this giant double spine buster on priest. As you mentioned, Dom was like, we got to watch out for them. So like great, great stuff. All around, eager to see that match because I don't think we're. It's like with with these younger guys, these matches are a lot more fast paced and less methodical, grinding. You know, especially with like Priest and Finn, I feel like they go a lot more than some of these other wrestlers do. Unfortunately, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and.
0: I just, I just would like to say that it's a travesty that we haven't had Finn in a singles match in in what feels like five months.
1: I I mean, the guy's old. I feel like they're giving him a nice heel run here because I can't even think of a real heel run that he's had. Eventually, when this Judgment Day stuff fizzles out, I think we'll find we're going to see, you know, maybe, if not one of. His last baby face runs as he, you know, gets back into, you know, he's probably get a, a hi, small hiatus, come back, couple small feuds, get into a big feud, and bring the demon out.
0: Yeah, and then maybe maybe that'll be it, the last last draw of the demon, because yeah, I think he's like forty one, forty two. He's starting to get up there, but he's in phenomenal shape, so I don't know. He he can keep going for a little bit. Uh, all right, so we we had one badass promo already covered with the c m Punk one. We had another badass one delivered by the man herself. This one I was really into, so Becky comes out. It doesn't waste any time at all. She's here to call out nine jacks. you know, as we've stated, they've somehow never faced off one on one yet they've been tied to each other for five years because Nia created the man. It's been a while, but it's time to address it. Becky went on to main event WrestleMania after the man incident, and Nia went on the line of the night to get double ACL surgery because she's so unlikable her own knees wouldn't even stand up for her. Oh, man. I love that. Uh, Becky went on to get prego. Uh, and then Naya went on to get fired. So on and so forth. This is when Naya finally comes out, interrupts. She's like, well, I ain't fired no more. And uh, that punch, that was a lucky swing. Imagine what would happen if I connected with all of it. And Becky is like, Yo, you know, we, we all know you're the most dangerous woman in the ring considering how many people she's injured and how many careers she's almost ended. And uh I, I love the double entendre of that, of the fact that like it kind of like Goldberg of like being not a great wrestler in the aspect of you legitimately injure your opponents. Um and uh Naya's like, well, it's kind of funny because I I may have ended a few careers, but Becky, I made yours. Uh and Becky's like, this is actually what everything's about you know i want to put an end to that narrative you know if if that punch was all that she had a broken face was all that she had fans would have stopped cheering a long ass time ago and uh and i was like oh, i i get it now i get it now you you need to prove that your career was not an accident and that i wasn't the woman who made the man and uh the man's looking for a fight but Naya won't attack her saying that Becky needs it more than she does. This was a pretty badass promo.
1: Yeah, um, on both ends as well. Like Naya, since she's been back lately, has been in her bag. And I'm I'm glad like Becky is I, I feel like the last stuff she was like, yeah, you know, she had her her little Trish. Then old stint, and then you know, she helped out with this war games. I can't remember anything else that she's done. Oh yeah, wow. I can't that wow, that literally was not even in my memory banks until you reminded me. The hatred um, doesn't go away that easy. So I, I think this is like her first real big thing. Like in yeah, like it was fucking Trish Stratus, but it's like I feel like this is more impactful but like this promo, the story behind it, like it's based in truth because I I've been one of the people that have said that if Nia Jax didn't punch her in the face, you wouldn't be the man like legitimately like like every I feel like literally both parties are just just saying what they actually feel. I think that they legitimately don't like each other. That's probably why we haven't had a match between the two because Becky is probably like, I don't want that chick hurting me again like she's hurt everybody else because that was her track record in that time. That double ACL surgery, holy fuck, dude, way to fucking bury her ass. Oh my God, what a line. like that. That is up there for me with that Santos line about, I hope your shit gets infected and they got to amputate your leg. And <laughs> <That's laughs> shit is up there, man. But yeah, but you know, Naya's kind of got the upper hand, you know, she's like, you need this more than I do. And she walks out and I can't wait to see either. Becky's going to hit a second rope manhandle slam on this chick or she's gonna put her in the disarmor and tap her out and i think both are gonna be just as impactful when we have that match maybe at the day one raw dude if they put all this shit on the same show there's like what the fuck
0: if they do that it'll be better than half the ple's that they had this year for real,
1: like it's it's gonna be fucking damn near better than Mania. They're gonna have such a struggle building up Mania. Yeah,
0: I want this to be an Extreme Rules match, though. Like, I I want this to either be a street fight, a steel cage match, something no like did that. You, yeah. Does she get squashed though? Like, does she get squashed but kick out?
1: Ooh, she. I I don't think she can live a squash. I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody. Like, I feel like that's the kind of move that you can't. Like, she needs to avoid the squash, and then you know, catch her in the disarmor or something like that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I think ultimately it's going to be a manhandle slam from the ropes. You know, give, give me a top turnbuckle one.
1: I, I want to see that. As well. But I feel like. I feel like honestly Naya would say no. And I just feel like. Naya can't
0: in, say no to anything from Becky. After what she
1: did to her. That's true. I The only reason I say it like off a lower rope. Is because you can make it look like. You can make it look better. Because if you do it on the top rope. You're going to see that she just falls backwards. That she's not going to jump. But if you do that off like a lower rope. You can almost trick the eye that she, you know, got her up for that move instead of her just falling backwards into it. Yeah, I mean
0: the, the one with well, the one to Bailey in Survivor series, um, in a War Games match, it was kind of just falling. But then again, she went through a table too, so Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm super hyped for this. Um I think that's like that's a theme here of two of the feuds that we've got is like you said some of it is rooted in truth and I feel the same way about the Seth uh, Punk one like some of that's rooted in truth and I feel like that's like the juiciest feuds that we can get are the ones that some of it's a work but some of it's a shoot like you know Seth deep down inside does kind of really feel this way about CM Punk and I think deep down inside Becky Feels this way about uh Naya.
1: What One hundred percent, and I guarantee you, they're they're both at home together. You know, talking shit. That I can't believe that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: like I can totally picture those two. Like they go out to dinner, and all the do, all they do the whole time is just talk shit about other people.
1: Just talk shit, and then, and then Seth laughs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's quality content i, I like I, I feel like they'd be a great couple to be like oh yeah you know we're, we're gonna go hang out with uh with the Rollinses, is right but that's only like a you know every couple of months kind of deal because they're a lot you know what i'm saying
0: <laughs> nah nah i feel i feel like we'd be bffs
1: maybe man Maybe. but speaking of BFFs or former BFFs. The last two segments we have are two who we thought were BFFs, but they couldn't be further apart from friends. I mean, they're—it's not like they're not friends, but they're in two completely separate worlds. The former Yeet brothers.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, ultimately, we've got we've got the one opening the show. We've got Jay Uso welcoming everybody to Monday Night Raw. The yeet is back. And as Wade Barrett said, yeeting good in the neighborhood, I don't even know what the fuck that means, but I'm assuming it means something. I think that's Applebee's. I think Applebee's is eating good in the neighborhood. I could be wrong. Oh, uh, so so alright. Yeah, I, I can I can see uh I can see Jay being like I don't know how late Applebee's is open to, but like one of those like drunk runs to somewhere at night. Like I, I can I can see Jay yeeting good in the neighborhood. Uh, he's also excited about Punk. He's also sad about Sammy. Um on on Sammy, like it's come out that he he asked for an extended leave, so we don't really know how long he's gonna be gone, but it's gonna be a minute. Um and for Drew putting Sammy on the shelf. He's got to handle it, being the yeet the master that he is. Drew interrupts him. And uh, honestly doesn't say anything about Drew. <laughs> I mean, about Jay at first. He's like, yeah, we don't want CM Punk. He will destroy the locker room from the inside out. And then he apologizes to Sammy, which is more than he ever got from Jay. Imitates Jay's up and downs, and Jay stops him because, you know, he's doing it wrong. He, he can't dance. He can't move like Jay Uso. And he says it's time for Drew to catch his yeet down. And so one thing that I would like to point out... Because I, I saw a couple people mention it on Twitter. And I was like, you know, I think you're right. And then I went back and I, I refreshed my memory. Um, I officially don't understand Drew's beef with Jay. Because Jay wasn't even at Clash of the Castle. Neither was Jimmy. Matter of fact... Do you remember why they weren't at Clash at the Castle? Bef- besides the UIs,
1: <laughs> I was gonna say I, I feel like they got somehow barred or banned or something going into the match. I, I don't remember. So the SmackDown before it, Drew
0: McIntyre beat them down backstage, and they weren't medically cleared to be at Clash at the Castle. So what the fuck is Drew actually mad about?
1: He's Batman, so he he just makes shit up. You know what I'm saying. He just mad about still being alive. Speaking of still being alive, why did Jay say, "Yeah, shout out, we lost a real one." Sammy didn't die, bro. Don't say that. <laughs> when he said that, I was like, "What? What death did I miss?" Oh my god, I I like how they're still building that, CM Punk, Drew McIntyre, um. I don't know where we could go with that, but I I do want to see that. Maybe that could be something playing into the mania shenanigans. You know, Priest cashes in and Drew, you know, takes it off of Priest, maybe only for Punk to challenge him because Drew and Priest kind of have that beef. I don't know. But that's kind of that's a long gap but i guess Seth could just hold it that entire time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know I I it's funny cuz i was wondering like when are when are we actually going to see CM Punk in the ring like wrestling, you know what i mean? And uh apparently his first match is already set. His first opponent is already set only problem is it's a live show
1: that like they're so dumb for that shit like that man's gonna get hurt and it's gonna ruin everything uh give me give me a guess if you think it is I mean I was gonna say Seth Rollins but they're not gonna give that away at a live show so I'm gonna assume it's like somebody dumb like uh I don't know, honestly. I, I'm going to say Cody Rhodes. Dirty Dom. Okay, my next guess was going to be JD. <laughs>
0: yeah, so I think it's uh, the the live show at Madison Square Garden the day after Christmas. He will be, it, it may even be the main event, but he will be wrestling Dirty Dom Mysterio.
1: Oh, yeah, and and that's an easy match because... Dom's gonna sneak out of the ring and run around and egg the crowd on and a lot of shenanigans to actually save him from having to put on a 30 minute banger.
0: Yeah, because I mean the last the last time I saw him in the ring was against Samoa Joe. And I mean it wasn't a bad match. It wasn't the greatest match, but um yeah, maybe maybe they just want to make sure that he can still kind of go in there. I don't know. I don't know why why it would be live show cuz like you said it, it it jeopardizes a lot.
1: Yeah. And maybe it just ends up being some nonsense when it's a DQ cuz Judgment Day comes out there and starts, you know, beating him down.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think the result even really matters. I I think it's either a DQ it, Punk wins somehow, whether it's by DQ or or whether it's a legitimate win. He, he puts Dom to sleep. I don't know. But yeah, give me this first match that we had to open the show, actually. Jay Uso versus Drew McIntyre.
1: And I mean, honestly, not a lot of details to get into it. It's honestly what you would expect with... How they put some of these matches, you know, it wasn't super action packed. It was honestly kind of more, met- more of a methodical match with Drew. As soon as he gained control, it's slow, it's grinding, it's big hits. And when Jay gets control, the fucking crowd is going crazy and yelling yeet with every fucking movement that he does. Um, He does his little dirt swag punch. Crowd's going crazy. We get the classic countdown kick. I don't know why he's counting down to hit the Claymore and it gets countered into a super kick. And, you know, um, he eventually goes up top for a splash. Drew gets his knees up and Drew hits a future shock DDT in the same manner that he won in their previous match, which was the advantage match for the war games. Um, And Jay kicks out of that. We then get... Drew being a little sneaky deeky trying to take the buckle off of the or take the you know corner pad off of the turn buckle while the ref is checking on Jay you know Drew again is about to go for the claymore but he doesn't count this time so I thought he was going to hit it but they surprised me Jay gets the splash and you know or not the splash Jay gets the spear and I was like okay you know but another two count and you know now the ref notices that the Turnbuckle pad isn't on the buckle. So he's like, oh, herpy derpy derpy. Let me fix that. Instead of paying attention to the match, which I'm literally getting paid a salary to fucking travel across the United States of America to watch two people fight in the ring. And I'm the one individual that's paid out here to make sure that neither one of them cheat. Let me turn my back for an extended period of time for no reason. Drew gouges the eyes, hits the claymore. Wins the match.
0: <laughs> yeah, this this match actually really bothered me. Um, I don't like Jay losing this one. You know, it's it's officially been months since Jay Uso has won a singles match, and I feel like Drew losing would have just deepened the heel turn even more. I and I felt like it would have served the purpose of the story more because now. Drew has beaten Jay twice back to back. So, like, we can't even have a trilogy because if it's a it, 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 Drew's already won two out of three. So, I don't know. I, I, it really bothered me having Jay Uso lose this match.
1: Yeah. I don't know what the hell. Like, great that I mean, and Jay is so over, you can't take him off the show. But what the hell is he gonna do? He he's out of the world heavyweight championship picture, period. You know what I'm saying? He just lost it, he's not getting a rematch, and the person next in line has already beat him twice, so he's gotta wait on that. He's not in a tag team, so he's and he's just lost everything involved in the tag team division, so he's gone there. I don't see him as an intercontinental guy. I feel like everybody else has a lot more stake in that claim than he does. Granted, that would be a great position for him. But we have such a lack of heels on Raw, it feels like. And I was just thinking as well, what are the heel tag teams on Raw? If we're talking about lack of heels, we got Judgment Day with essentially two tag teams and Imperium. Who else? Who else is even a heel besides Shinsuke on Raw? I guess yeah. Reed
0: and Ivar? Like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, I w- I would have said that Viking Raiders I guess could could be considered a war tag team, but a war tag team, heel tag <laughs> team. But who who knows war 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 <laughs> um who knows when the fuck eric's coming back uh yeah i don't think there are any others
1: like what the hell like i i don't understand how they're able to continue with this product being at the high level that it's at like it it's great like this episode was fucking amazing but i mean what else like there's just nobody like we got to get some... Braun Breaker needs to be on Raw soon or something.
0: I mean, you know how I feel about that. But ultimately, I think he he's better served being part of the Bloodline, the 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 new honorary Oos.
1: Ooh. Ooh, yeah, you're right there. Fuck, like... He, he seems
0: like he'd be a Paul Heyman guy.
1: 100%. You know, I'd like... And I feel like Braun Breaker could should be... We got Solo as well, potentially. I feel like Solo needs to be a Paul Heyman guy because I don't think he can be a standalone guy. And I don't know how Solo could be a babyface. I'd be interested to see how they make that work. But I feel like Paul Heyman's only got one more guy left and that probably should be Braun Breaker.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um. All right, we got one more match. Uh, we had a couple little lead ins to it. We had Shinsuke doing a, a cool little anime vignette about him coming for Cody. Uh, you know, some, something about Cody being a dog chasing a car. I don't really know what that was about. It's kind of weird. Um, going on about how, you know, Cody is trying to get the adoration of others and whatnot, but Shinsuke's freed himself from that. He he's he's no longer a slave to that, and uh, he he's coming to end Cody's story. Um, I this was a cool segment, but like sometimes I feel like some of the stuff Shinsuke says is just like nonsense.
1: Yeah, I I love you know every time he's been doing all this stuff, I love it more than what we actually get in his feuds because it just turns out Shin losing, and all I'm thinking, and that's what I wrote in my notes. I'm like, Shinsuke kind of has to win this match. Because it's like, what else is he going to do? What are we going to do from here? I felt like this match was too soon in this feud. But then I'm like, but Cody can't just lose. He's Cody. And if Cody, I'm sorry, Shin just can't lose and Cody wins, right? And then it's like, w- if Cody wins, it's all done. So Shin has to win. So we can have Cody overcome all of the odds because that's his story. So I'm like, "What the hell?
0: Well, there's a third option, and that third option is what we get,
1: yeah. And I don't know what I was randomly googling, right? But there was this quote, right? i I, I want to say this might have been Bruce Lee, um but or something somebody like that. And it was like, "I fear not the man who has practiced ten thousand kicks." but the man who has practiced a single kick 10,000 times. And I just think of Shinsuke and his knees, right? (laughs) And I'm like, just murder him with your knees, Shinsuke, because that's what we're going to get. And when we talked about this previously, just insert whatever the fuck I said this match was going to be. And I guarantee you, I'm probably, you know, 85% (laughs) on what happened, except maybe the ending. But it's it's what you'd expect. We get a lot of nice counters that I liked. Um, I think he tried to hit a Cody cutter, got caught into an arm bar, tried to hit a crossroads, got caught into an arm bar. Um, Shinsuke hits a big-ass knee off the fucking second rope, but some reason that's not the Kinshasa, so it didn't do much damage. Uh, Cody picks up the advantage when he hits a fucking dragon screwed leg whip through the ropes. I love a dragon screw and through the ropes. Fuck, it looks so good. Um, ends up busting out the single leg crab trying to hurt this man. Cody hits a dive. And when he hit the dive to the side, um, like the side of the ring, I don't know if it's me, but it looked as if those barricades were further back from the ring than they normally are. I felt like there was more space on the outside, the left and the right sides, at least. I don't know. Maybe that's a recent change, something that they fucking should be doing instead of trying to make, you know, cram as much people as they can in there so they can charge $1,500 for each of these seats. Like your wrestler's safety is more important than fucking money, bro. But. Uh yeah, um Cody tries to hit a figure four. Nakamura ends up countering that into a sleeper. Cody gets out of that, hits a disaster kick, hits the Cody cutter, and now he's about to hit the crossroads. And I'm like, Well, I guess that's it. But he counters the crossroads with the mist, and it was actually kind of out of fucking nowhere. It caught me off guard. I don't know when the mist has been a disqualification. I feel like that's hit or miss, but it was an instant disqualification. Um, but yeah, then, you know, Cody's blind and now Shinsuke hits the fucking Kinshasa to the back of the head. Love it. Um, And then he, he just beating his ass after the bell and here come the Creeds again. They're just, I think they just want them to be a part of everything. But I'm thinking if the Creeds and Cody become friends in this feud and we don't immediately get a rematch we usually end up with some type of three-way nonsense who could Shinsuke's friends be cuz we're not going to get Shinsuke teaming with Judgment Day
0: Yeah I I, I don't think I don't think he's going to have any friends I I think I think he's the ultimate filler feud at this point and not even the ultimate filler uh, ultimate filler feud cuz i i just i haven't really been into his matches lately and this kind of fit that trend although yeah i was expecting mist and dq from it but um i just not i wasn't into his seth feud i'm not into this feud it's it's kind of been a minute since i've been into anything shinsuke's done like the last time i was into shinsuke boogs was playing his entrance music
1: yeah and and i think it's partly because he's the only besides Gunther you know he's like the only heel that is there for these feuds and we know he has no chance of winning so it's like it's hard to get into anything he does because we know exactly where it's gonna go and I mean what's next he's gonna he's gonna end up losing to CM Punk you know what I'm saying
0: yeah, I I fully expect an interlude of CM Punk Shinsuke, um, but they they also make him feud with people that y- you know that he's gonna lose to like Cody fucking Rhodes is is top top two in the company basically you know what I mean and uh, Seth. He's there too. Like he's not beating either one of those, you know. If if you want to give him like a Well, we already did the Alpha Academy thing, you know? And he 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 beat most of Alpha Academy. Like I don't know. I just don't even know what we're doing with him and he just hasn't done it for me in in a minute.
1: Yeah, they're going to give him a small hiatus. He's going to come back and end up beating like Kofi or somebody like that to give him some more momentum just so that way they can feed him to CM Punk. So CM Punk can have a feud, you know, going into Mania before, you know, just st- sitting around and catering until then.
0: Yeah, CM Punk's going to take issue with the fact that he missed his buddy Kofi and then CM Punk's going to handle it.
1: Yeah, exactly that. Or maybe we get some type of interaction in the uh, Royal Rumble.
0: Yeah, at this point, I'm expecting... I'm definitely expecting Cody and, and Punk to be the last ones standing. Um. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, it was overall pretty damn good episode of Monday Night Raw, I would say.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Was very excited from start to finish. There were there weren't, if any, really many down points. Even the one negative, and we that's what we called it, the one negative the, with the Maxine match. We got a huge positive in Rhea doing that submission in in the best way she possibly could have. So fuck, I, I there was damn near a check mark across everything that was on this show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Take us home, my dog. Well, we thank you once again for allowing us to make your lives just a tad bit less miserable. We will catch you next time with some SmackDown and NXT action. But until then, stay safe and enjoy the day. Deuces, deuces. Peace.